0: We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590
1: The Fan and 590TheFan.com.
0: All right, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. Smash, I'm getting a little bit hungry. Mm. Um, I'm starting to we'll think about to Rosalitas. Rosalitas. Yeah. Let's go. I'm going to need the uh, chips and salsa to yeah, start. That's good. <laughs> get a nice glass of iced tea with lemon. right Get a couple of those quesadillas. You get the oh, veggie yeah. quesadilla. Oh, it was good, man. It was magnificent. I get the combo. You get the steak, maybe a
2: little chicken, mix it up. Best yeah. quesadillas in town. Oh, yeah. Big quesadillas, too. Not these little tiny, you know, finger food type of quesadillas. <laughs> it's like you got, you know how, how, what's the name has got the Whopper? This is the Whopper. Of quesadillas. It is. I'm not a big take, you know,
0: carry out guy or, or a doggy bag guy, but I often need a doggy bag with those quesadillas. They're so big. So. And you got a new dog. So. <laughs> so Come on, could, dog. You could bring it. Don't, remi- Joe Lakin, Don't remind me. Joe Lakin. from Victory Enterprises, Objective Media, political, extra- political consultant extraordinaire, uh, not only in the Missouri uh, and not only in Missouri, but also nationwide. Um, so we talked in the last segment about the presidential election, Trump. Pierce uh, is not going to be able to pull this off, but there was a little bit of a miniature red wave in, in the sense of keeping a lot of seats that uh, in the Senate that were uh, projected to be, to go Democrat, but also picking up seats in the in the House of Reps. Um, one of those seats, Ann Wagner here in St. Louis, was predicted to lose by the pundits. Um, the polling data sh- suggested that her opponent was going to beat her, and she hung on pretty handily. Actually, better, right, Joe? Better than what she did in sixteen. So, better than eighteen, yeah. Better than eighteen, yeah. so I yeah. mean, solidified that as a as a Republican district, uh, which is great. Also, the governor's race in Missouri, uh, Mike Parson was uh, was presumed to be uh, you know sort of an underdog going in, based on which is crazy considering how big Trump won uh, Missouri in sixteen. Um, he also won by a big margin. Yes, they say Mr. the
2: image is everything. What's the name of this girl who was running against uh, Parson? Uh, Nicole Galloway. All right, now she looked to me. Like, I had to go ask her dad if I could take her out on Friday night. That's She was, like, inappropriately aged. She's too young. She's looking like a little girl taking on a big man. But that's just me, image-minded. Okay, Smash does not – the
0: PSA from Smash there will just uh, – I don't even know what to say to that. She's 38, very accomplished, though, uh-huh. I will say. She's the current auditor of Missouri, which is also interesting because now – she will have to run for re, re- election in 2022. Uh-huh. And given what's happened, I mean, we the Republicans tr- totally dropped the ball on, on the auditors' race in, in 18. Hopefully, they can win it back in, in 2022. But every, every other statewide that was on the ballot won by a huge margin, correct? Yeah. I mean, the, tr-
1: tr- Trump wins by 15, which is about four points off where he was last time. The governor wins by 16. Lieutenant governor wins by 20. Uh, Jay Ashcroft won by 24 points,
0: which I thought was interesting because he got more votes than any other statewide. Um, how do you explain? How do you explain that?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think a, a few things. I, I always feel like Secretary of State and Attorney General are the two down ballot races that really have some definition about what they do. You know, people know Secretary of State elections, and you know his opponent who raised a good chunk of money, Yinka Folletti, um ran a really nice TV ad, but. Yeah, you know, he was hitting Jay Ashcroft in southwest Missouri on uh, mail and voting. I mean, it's not not a popular thing down there. People like to vote on Election Day. So, you know, Jay's got obviously a, a, a power of a, a dynasty name. Uh, but I think people agree with him on on the way he approaches things as secretary of state.
0: Well, and so Missouri wasn't close nationally. Do you think if it was closer, we would have had more shenanigans going on in St. Louis or Kansas City? Or do you think those operations were run better than a Milwaukee and Atlanta or, or Detroit?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's one of those things where, you know, when your, rate, when your state is not considered a battleground, the amount of outside money that comes in is diminished significantly. You know, it used to be, uh, I believe from 1954 to 2008, Missouri picked the correct candidate for president every time. Uh, I think we talked about that last time, broke in 2008, when my partner Dave Hageman was running the McCain campaign here, uh, and McCain beat Obama. But, um, you know, you just don't see that kind of, you know, local organizing. I think some of the some of the shenanigans come in when you're a battleground. When you're not, um, you just lose a lot of the, the national interest.
0: Well, and not to go back to the national, but that's the way I look at it. Like, when you look at these battleground states where this absentee harvesting, the mail-in voting happened, I mean, it was Wisconsin, Michigan, and Nevada are the three states where they allow that to happen, and you know it happened on a mass scale. And that's what I find so troubling is that that's the is that the future now? So every time we have a national presidential race, you're gonna, you know, pick these states and really, you know, do this harvesting. You know, if the states, if the state legislatures allow it, um, I just think it undermines the the credibility of the election process and makes it very difficult for a Republican to ever get a fair a fair shot.
1: Yeah. Well, that's it. I, you know, I'm a I'm a product of of working on state legislative races. It's how I got my start, and um, you know, people people forget. You know why those things are important you know that you know, i don't know who i'm voting for for state rep but i'm voting for for this i mean the, the 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 number of things that sort of impact you on a daily basis i think are almost greater uh from the state legislature than than even from the federal i mean the federal government hadn't <laughs> been able to get much of anything done for almost 15 years of gridlock and um whereas state legislatures that's a that's a big story of the last 10 years democrats really got got uh crushed for a long time especially during the obama years and then the 16 wave um, you know, we're going into legislative and congressional redistricting in 2021, and Democrats put a ton of energy. Uh, Eric, former Attorney General Eric Holder, put a ton of energy into yeah. trying to flip state legislatures, and they had no success. Um, and in fact, you know, they, they predicted the Iowa House would flip, where uh, the the Iowa House Republicans gained seven seats instead of losing three that was expect that were expected. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a wild thing headed headed into redistricting probably gridlock at the federal level and, and likely a new president.
0: Well, and I want to give a shout out to HRCC, the House Republican Campaign Committee in Missouri. I mean, there were, again, the media, the pundits were predicting they would they might lose seven or eight seats in the state legislature. They only lost one seat. And I think that's a credit to all the work that was put in by the House leadership and also, you know, John Ratliff and, and Chase Campbell uh, who, who lead the HRCC through all the, I mean, it's just nuts, all the different races they have to Keep an eye on. We've got 100. Was it 154 state rep seats? 163. 163. Yeah. Uh, all those are up every two years. They only lost one in a year. Again, where they were suspected to lose as many as seven, eight, eight. And here in the St. Louis suburbs, Andrew Koenig, state senator, holds on to defeat Deb Lavender, who took down Milty in 2016. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy to see her lose. Um, I almost <clears throat> fired out a tweet on election night. Like, hey, Deb, better get ready for 2022, the primary, you know, because she still has two years left to run as a state rep. Yeah. But man, I was I was, I was kind that yeah, day. My, I was feeling kind and gentle. Yeah, I my, wanna...
1: my Twitter drafts uh, the week of an election <laughs> are a wasteland of things that I shouldn't say. So if I ever publish all my Twitter drafts, it's going to be a bad day. But this uh, is
0: another race. So this is the state Senate race in St. Louis County, um, West St. Louis County, goes into South County a little bit. And basically he was, you know, people were saying he's going to lose 10 12%. He ends up winning by six percent, nine, nine percent. OK, huge. just a huge victory uh, for him, for the Republicans in, in Missouri uh, to keep that seat out of the hands of a Democrat and more importantly, Deb Lavender. So <laughs> uh, I was very happy to see that on election night.
1: Uh, any other surprises in Missouri that you, you can think of? No, I mean, I think, you know, you you look at the congressional hero, with Ann Wagner. Um, you know, she was sort of perceived for much of October to be on the outside looking in and that.
0: And the money spent. Talk about the money spent oh, in that race.
1: Huge. I mean, uh, you know, I think there's $30 million spent against really? her. Really? Uh, wow. Supporting Jill Shoup. Um, You wow. know, the two state Senate races, there was the Koenig race here. Um, you mentioned that, you know, he was he was down in every poll really until the last week. We saw some polling that suggested he he was in, you know, had a puncher's shot and then he wins by nine. Caleb Brown yeah I was the leader yeah. down in in, in uh, Boone County wins a you know obviously Boone County tough district um, University of Missouri yeah, Columbia he, he ended up winning by two and like you said the Missouri HRCC which is where I I got my first political paycheck um, once again they're gold standard organization and and Democrats repeatedly you know every two years somebody pops up and says they're going to be the Democrat that win seats in the missouri house and every two years uh they don't
0: and that effort uh dating back to the 90s Catherine hanaway my old boss yeah. and, and mentor uh really led the super majority effort in missouri i mean it used to be a democrat majority in yeah. missouri i yeah, mean until up until 2002 2002 is when they flipped it and they haven't looked back and so if you're a democrat in missouri right now you're sitting back thinking i have no shot which i am encouraged by because i think missouri has a real opportunity to really Put forward a, a pro-business, pro-taxpayer agenda. Now that we have retained control of, of all three branches of government, so I'm hopeful that we'll see, you know, some more more efforts to just make us more competitive yeah. well, and, and not look to the cities. In my opinion, St. Louis can't save itself. The city of St. Louis is, in my opinion, a lost cause at this point. Until the voters in the city of St. Louis decide, all right, we're going to elect new people. We're going to elect, le- elect new leadership who are going to Enforce our laws and and you know you know support the police like it's lost like there's no there's no way to attract new business and new people to the city of St. Louis as it stands right now so I think we got to start looking to other areas you got to look at West County you got to look at South County I think um, St. Charles is booming you know Mid Missouri Southwest Missouri with Springfield Branson all these things like I think that there needs to be a shift away from thinking. About St. Louis City as as savable? Smash! What do you think? I've
2: always said that St. Louis City is not savable because, and it's just me, really the the artistic side of me, because it's bleak looking downtown. All right, it's bleak. There's nobody now, there. That makes it bleak. I'm talking about the buildings too. Right across the river, if you look at Minneapolis, St. Paul, across the river, there's a thrive going on. Across the river, it's blight. Who wants to go to the Arch and look across the river? and see blight nobody's developed that other side of the river thus you don't have a vibrant downtown well, that's who, just me who wants to go to the arch walk around and
0: then say well nothing else to see here we don't have any development oh, yeah. i mean you got the landing which they're trying to make yeah, come but who back who wants which, to
2: drive their car on the cobblestones man you got They get got rid it. of those the, the <laughs> oh, landing did they come really? back i oh, so the, I the landing
0: the landing i think is a real bright spot in terms of entertainment. Um, you've got Ballpark Village, which sort of just cannibalized all the other yeah. <laughs> entertainment options downtown. But at least it's safer than yeah. walking around Wash Ave or, you know, wherever else you, you used to be able to go. Yeah. But I just look, everyone likes to talk about the economic engine. To me, the economic engine is not the city anymore. Until they, you know, elect a prosecutor who's going to actually fight crime and prosecute criminals. Until they re- eliminate the earnings tax, 1% tax on, on people who work or live in the city. I just don't see anyone wanting to do business there, but there is opportunity in, like I said, West County, South County, even North County. There's a lot going on, um, and so if you can just sort of get businesses, to be, you know, move to the St. Louis region or even St. Charles or, like I said, Mid County, whatever. I think there's a real opportunity for Missouri to, you know, with all the bordering states, Illinois in total chaos, total dysfunction, um, to bring you know bring some businesses from over there. Um, we're fighting Tennessee, which is also a border state. I mean, Nashville's doing all the things that I'm talking about in terms of, you know, lower tax. They have no income tax, all right? That's why Nashville, Hardy's Hardee's really? Hardys used to be headquartered in St. Louis. They moved to Nashville. So, I mean, until we huh. do things that make us more competitive and stop this focus on, you know, the city and just focus on Missouri as a whole, I think we have a real, real opportunity to embrace also um, – Conservatism and things that you know, obviously Trump has helped. You know, pop, you know, the populist message of, "Hey, we're against socialism. We're gonna, you know, our state treasurer, you know, stop socialism" was one of his, one of his uh, campaign slogans, um, Scott Fitzpatrick. So I think embracing those ideas has shown to be popular. Trump may not be popular as a person, but his policies and his
2: ideas, I think, will live on. That's my take. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, man, you would be perfect to develop the other side of St. Louis, across the river. My man. roots, East St. Louis, man. I'm put, from Belleville. Put some, you know, like condos up there and everything, some retail up there, and then you start a gondola service. And <laughs> Only five <laughs> drownings a
0: week taking a gondola oh, across the Mississippi River.
2: Thanks for putting the hammer on <laughs> no, my I great
0: idea. It. No, but I think it's a great idea, and we've talked about that. Um, I We had uh, Professor Walker was in here, Yes, one of my former professors, and I did a paper about how— redeveloping east st louis you know putting in the ram stadium over there that was an idea that would have been a good idea so that i had that idea in 2010 before they obviously that left been good. And if we had been proactive about keeping the rams maybe something like that would have happened yeah. it would have been a win-win at least we keep them in the st louis area we get some funding from the state of illinois to build a stadium that overlooks the downtown skyline and then obviously condos and things could be built around that
2: and you lost your political bid um, running yep. a Wow, Well, Joe can, idea, Joe, Joe can talk a little bit. About <laughs> that's that. too good an idea, talk a little bit about that. That's good an idea. I think I'm the only, only candidate Joe's
1: had that's lost, probably. Right, Joe? Is that <laughs> is that fair? I, I think I said last time you can only do so much with what you got. You <laughs> well, that's why you are where you are. Sir. I needed Koenig to beat Lavender. I couldn't do it with Melty. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was the greatest experience. You know, getting your throwing
0: your hat in the ring is, and I, I will also say that about politicians. Like, I don't think we give enough credit to these people and the sacrifices they make to run for office. Now there are a lot of you know sociopaths out there that get involved in politics and it ends in Sociopath. scandal and whatever. I mean, that does happen. But for the most part, most of them are pretty good people and are in it for the right reasons. And, and that's what we talked about, the vitriol of Twitter and social media. It's, it's going to get to a point if we don't change... The culture, you're not going to have anybody want to run for office because it just gets so just nasty. And good
2: people are just not going to want to do it anymore. Is one of the ways to change the culture to alter the media? Because if you look at it deeply, Trump had one media, Fox News for the most part, just one media covering for him. And maybe 10 or 12 NBC, CSNBC, uh, ABC, all, all these against him. So how do you fight against something like that? You got to change the media. First. I think you
0: have to change the culture and the mindset of people. You have to say Look, that's the media. Twitter is toxic, right? And and I thought about this the other night. It's like, man, I would love to just delete Twitter and delete Facebook out of yeah. my life. I think it's so bad for our country, right? But it's so addicting at the same time. Yeah. Have you seen the social dilemma? The, the Netflix movie. I mean, no. they talk about this. Basically, like, it just consumes people. It's very addicting. Yeah. You're constantly, you want to see how many people like your stuff. You yeah, wanna, right. I mean, it, it's it's led to mental illness. It's led to depression because people see, oh, well, Milty's out in Vegas having a good time. Yeah, and, right. And I'm stuck here. <laughs> in, yeah, my right. dog. Yeah. What's that with my dog? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like There's just something about it that I think messes with people's psyche. So I think the more education people get about the harm of Twitter and yeah. the fact now that they're censoring things like i i would love for everyone to just but like from a business standpoint you know my law firm like marketing on facebook is is essential i mean you have to have a presence um so until people decide you know what i don't want this in my life i think it's going to be hard to you know change the the dynamic with misinformation that's out there so easy to spread you can tweet something out like i said earlier the one hundred thirty eight thousand to zero thing that went viral as soon as it went out there was you know subsequent corrections and things like that but once stuff's out of the bag on social media, it's just hard to contain.
1: Well, my, my thing, too, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is at some point it, it has to change. Because you, you look at—so take the last four years, and if you counted every positive story about Trump and every negative story, what would it be? 95 to 5 or, Something like uh, that, or 99 yeah. to 1? Yep. Well, Trump's going to win, you know, 50% of ballots cast or, you know, 47 or what. So so at some point, the media is not reflecting the consumer. Mm-hmm. And I think that has to catch up. You know, at some point, if I was, you know, my clients were wanting certain things and I just said, you know, I was 45 percent different than them and, and disagree with them. forty five I may disagree with yeah. them 45 percent. But if I wasn't re- representing them, you know, closer to the, a reflective amount of time, they would fire me. And I just don't you know, the, the, the thing that Trump did in, in 16 was the stations and we talked about this but the stations covered him almost wall to wall he literally was the first politician ever and maybe will be the only politician ever that that basically had a direct cons- direct to consumer uh campaign right mm-hmm. i mean they were they, they the, his stuff wasn't running through a filter they were right. literally live streaming him because of the ratings because people were like i got to tune into this yeah and so you know to me you know social media was sort of the great equalizer for trump until they started censoring some of Amazing. the content um on election night they censored yeah. tweets I didn't even see that. Or the,
0: yeah. like late in the night, he tweeted right. out like we we won or you know something like that. And Said Twitter verified. It's like you tell me Jack Dorsey isn't in, in on that decision. Are you guarantee? I guarantee he's sitting there. All right, we're we're going to be ready to censor yeah. him. And I, I just think you start again. You lose the credibility. But I just don't think the public. I mean, I think they'll just continue to use these platforms and they'll continue to gain power. I mean, that's what's scary is mm-hmm. the amount of power and influence that they can that they have over over the masses is yeah. something to be concerned about yep.
1: well and I, I just wonder too like at what at what point are we not going to say to hell with all this opinion as we're sitting here giving our opinions? but at what <laughs> we're point in are, the media yeah <laughs> at what point are the, the other ones down with the media <laughs> yeah, right but at what point are we not going to say you know why don't we get some of this like traditional news not just the i mean these opinion panels are full of political consultants that no single campaign would ever hire and have, right. i mean there there is a i don't even call her out but there's a expert on cnn that i swear to god she hasn't been hired by a republican campaign in 20 years and she's on there as republican consultant right it's it's the the if they were really good at being political consultants they'd be political consulting and yeah. not sitting on <laughs> cnn all night yeah, every night talking trashing you know republicans so i you know i don't know I, to me at some point the media's got to better reflect the consumer the consumer's just going to and that's why I think social media is so popular is because people are sort of looking for things that more. And I think the whole mm-hmm. social dilemma is we're seeking out and, and consuming information that reinforces our biases, which makes us more polarized. I think sure. that that is all probably true. But at the same time, people are seeking out information that, that they agree with more than traditional media.
0: That is Joe Lakin, media, <laughs> it's <a>
1: political expert.
0: <laughs> if you need to advertise <laughs> on social media, Joe's your guy. I mean, they've got objective media. They've got Victory Enterprises. uh, Obviously, very successful with getting the the message out for all the candidates you guys represent. Con, congratulations on a Thank successful um, election cycle. Uh, remains to be seen what happens with Trump. I'm skeptical. Like I said, if somehow he pulls it out of the Trump TV at, at the, Trump That's TV, next. it'll be big. It'll be big, guaranteed. All right, you're listening to the Mark Millen show with the Smash. Do you want to tell you real quick about one of our sponsors, Kevin Wingabock State Farm. Uh-huh. Uh fortunately, we didn't have cities burning uh, on election night. Yeah. If we did, people would be very concerned about their homeowners policy, what is covered, what is not. That's why I go to Kevin Wingabock State Farm. He's he, he you know, he knows it. He knows what you need, he knows what you don't need. Um I I look back on, you know, when I went to Kevin to get my first um uh kind of look at our homeowner's policy to see see what I thought you know we needed or what we didn't. He was able to save me money, get me better coverage, so can't recommend him highly enough. Kevin Wingabuck State Farm. You can find him at SoCoInsurance.com. When we come back, we've got a special guest uh, joining us, Kimber Monroe, new attorney of the Milton Law Group. Uh, she handles estate planning, corporate matters for clients. We're going to introduce her and uh, hear what she has to say about why everyone needs an estate plan, and you can come to the Milton Law Group for that. So remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision, though, Smash. You got that? As is always. As is always. The Mark Milton Show with the Smash. We'll be right back.